This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Good morning, everybody! What's up, everybody? Why did I start off like that? Because my man, Mad Dog Rooster, that's how he opens his show every afternoon at Mad Dog Radio. Did you see that tweet that I sent last week? Did you see that tweet that I sent to the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks calling out Doggy? I said, make him wear a Diamondbacks jersey. And look at what we have here this morning. Doggy, how does it feel to have that jersey on, sir? Well, not bad. And I'll tell you right now, you could have put me on the moon. You should see the location. Oh, is that you? That is you. You should have invited me to L.A. so I could hang out with you one-on-one. I'm in the moon. You should see this location. Even my hair isn't right because of you. Because of you. All I'm going to say about you is this, doggy. That jersey is too damn big for you. First takes in the house. <laughs> Let's go. Good day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into First Take. As you saw, it's a doggy dog world. Mad Dog there repping the D-backs just like he predicted. Right, Mad Dog? Stephen A., good morning from the West yeah, Coast. Right. I'm Molly Carroll, and I'm with my guy Marcus Spears in NYC. I was just trying to intro the show, Stephen A., if I could get through introducing people. I got to interrupt the intro. There's a reason. I never interrupt the intro, but I have to interrupt the intro this morning. Number one, we got a guy in Mad Dog Russo. That, that that doesn't have any swag with that oversized jersey on. We got my man Swagoo in the house. I'm depressed that I'm not there sitting across from my boy. Where but I you? do. I will want to say this. We call you Swagoo. I am the dude this morning with a little swag, if I should say so myself. And Molly, that, I, I mean, Molly, you look <laughs> sensational. It's just that you look like you ready to go out. You've been hanging out with Monica McNutt. Y'all ready to go out to the club? I mean, that's what that is. I mean, you look great. You look great, but I'm just saying, you are Monica. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ready to go out? I mean, that's what that's what that's what's going on in the morning. I'm just wondering. I'm Guys, just saying. I'm, I, I, I just I'm wearing a, an asymmetrical top. Okay? okay, it's showing a slight little bit of shoulder. Molly, uh, Sorry, I mean, Jesus I didn't know Christ. this is like I'm. I mean, it's I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. Why she being all sensitive? Everybody, everybody, Swag, doggy. Why she being all sensitive? I said it looked great. It looks like Monica. Listen, that's what I just asked. Listen, it. Monica's my girl, and that's cool. And I'm just happy I have Marcus here because we're going to chop it up in the commercial break. I thought I was happy you're going to be here, but I don't know now. Sensitive, <laughs> sensitive <laughs> in the morning. Sensitive in the morning. You happy I'm here? Complimentary. Of course. Okay. Uh, more overnight breaking news. This time coming out of the NFL after a three and five start and falling to the Lions on Monday night. The Las Vegas Raiders fired coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler. The team announced Tuesday night. Linebackers coach and former Giants defensive player Antonio Pierce was named as their interim head coach, and current assistant general manager Champ Kelly will serve as an interim GM. So the Raiders' offense has struggled this season, ranking in the bottom three of the league in both points per game, yards per game, and total QBR over the last two seasons. The Raiders have a minus 16 turnover differential last in the NFL. Stephen A., what does this firing say more about McDaniels as a head coach or the Raiders 
as an organization. Well, to me, at the moment, it would say something about uh, Josh McDaniels as a head coach. We all know this is the second time he's had a head coaching job, and he was fired midway through the season. He did it. It happened to him in Denver. It happened to him again in this particular situation. He had to go. Um, the fact of the matter is some people are made to be coordinators. So, you know what, Bill O'Brien, enjoy your last year in New England, and then after that, move aside because Josh McDaniel will be coming back as the offensive coordinator because that's the only place he's had any kind of success whatsoever, even though it was with Tom Brady as his quarterback it'll be a little bit different now but the reality is is that this is all on Josh McDaniels even though Mark Davis there's a lot of shade to throw in his direction remember he wanted Gruden he was forced to get rid of Gruden we have to remember that should have kept Bashadi didn't do that wanted to go out there and get a name to get a name like McDaniels the Super Bowl champion multiple times as an offensive coordinator I can't throw shade on that but the flip side is that you know that you acquire a great receiver like Devontae Adams because this brother wanted to play with his boy uh, Derek, Carr, Derek Carr and then you're going to let Josh McDaniels get rid of Carr for Jimmy Garoppolo and we see the man is leading the league in interceptions. He's an accident waiting to happen. So all of this was inevitable because they wanted this to be Josh McDaniels' team instead of the talent on the team. And it cost the Raiders dearly. And finally, Mark Davis came to his senses and realized what the rest of us have known for quite some time. Josh McDaniel is far better as an offensive coordinator than he is as a head coach. 100%. I'll add two things. First off, don't go to the Belichick tree. Joe Judge, a disaster. Patricia, a, a disaster. McDaniel's a disaster in Denver. His coaches are, do not turn out to be big-time coaches. That's number one. But I'm going to put the blame on Mark Davis. He has done an atrocious job as an owner. He gave 10 years to Gruden. That was way too much. He bailed out of the city of Oakland. He lost any kind of home field advantage he ever wanted to have. He went to Vegas. They have no home field advantage in Vegas. That's a sight for the opposing fan to show up. So it's like it's like L.A. with the Chargers and the and the Rams. No home field advantage whatsoever. His father lost his fastball long before uh, you know his ownership scenario ended when he passed away. And Mark Davis is just not a big owner. I mean, let's just call it like we see it. When I think of great owners in the NFL, I am not thinking of Mark Davis. I would never have brought McDaniel's in after the Belichick tree. Obviously, Gruden. He gave him ten years. For Gruden, ten years. Where did Gruden earn ten Over years? Over a hundred million. That? Over that was a hundred million. Ridiculous contract. So, oh, thank you, Stevie. Over a hundred million. So, uh, though it's easy to put the blame on, obviously the, the McDaniel's, Garoppolo. Go ahead, Derek Carr, bringing Adams in for all that money. Go ahead, Dave Ziegler. Go pound them into the cows. Come on, I got no problem with that. And Steve made a great point. Pachetti did a great job. They won. They played great in the playoffs that year against Cincinnati. Could have won the game. They should never have fired him. But I'm going to put it right where it starts, with ownership. Mark Davis is not a big-time guy. If I was a Raider fan, he would not be the guy that I want running my team. That's my point. I'm more in line with, I'm more in line with both of you guys, uh, but more so Mad Dog, because this is a Mark Davis issue. Look, Josh McDaniels had given us <laughs> reasons not to be a head coach in this league before he was hired with the Las Vegas Raiders. The second thing is, you know damn well when you go to Las Vegas, you have to build something with somebody that's going to bring some cachet. I get the name Josh McDaniels, but we know what this usually turns into. There's a, a healthy sample size of what happens with Bill Belichick assistants when they become head coaches, as you just mentioned, uh, Mad Dog. The other thing is this, man. Like, at some point, the, like, I, I get it that you're a billionaire. And I understand that you can make whatever decisions that you want to make 
with your franchise and your organization. And Mad Dog, is one thing I disagree with you about. The Las Vegas can become a Raiders town. You can be a home field advantage. But, yeah. uh, but also to agree with you to your point, it's been so much change and turmoil that they can't even get a foothold in Las Vegas because of that. Like, I think if you build this thing the right way, if you trust the process, whatever that process yeah. is from some people right. smarter in football than Mark Davis, you could change the outcome. But right now, he's just been flying by night, hiring names, bringing people on, hiring a GM off TV. Don't forget about the Mayock situation. All of these things have happened under Mark Davis' watch. So it's not just about Mark um, – it's not just about Josh McDaniels. It's been bad before him. Well, well listen, a, a, a few things. Number one, real quick. Um, I'm not disagreeing with y'all about Mark Davis because since they got to the Super Bowl in 2002, they've only been to the playoffs twice and lost both games. So let's get that out of the way. That's number one. So I understand that about Mark Davis. Number two, Doggy uh, Swagoo shouldn't have to be telling you anything about about Vegas. I mean, as much as you bet and lose money, you should know better. The fact <laughs> of the matter is, is that when you're in Vegas, all you got to do is make sure you got day games, okay, instead of night games. They'll go to the games and then go to the casinos. Just don't mess with their casino time at nighttime and they will flock to the games, okay? So we got to get that out the way. Number three, you brought up assistance. Let's be specific so the audience knows what you're talking about here. We're talking about Bill O'Brien. We're talking about Romeo Cornell. We're talking about Josh McDaniels. We're talking about Eric Mangini. We're talking about Brian Flores, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, and now Brian Dable. All former coaches or assistant coaches under Belichick at one point in time or another. Their combined NFL record, 195-281-2. and two. That's a 41% winning percentage, even though Bill O'Brien had five winning seasons, four playoff appearances, two playoff wins in seven seasons. My very last point is this. The reason why I disagree with y'all is because to me, right now, right now, I'm not talking about totality, but right now, it is about Josh McDaniels. This is an offensive coordinator. This is supposed to be the offensive guru that Mm -hmm. was living off of Belichick and and Tom Brady. Well, guess what they are this year? Total offense, 31st. Scoring, 30th. Rush offense, dead last at number 32. Third down efficiency, 30th. And obviously, Jimmy G is leading the league in interceptions. And you had Derek Carr, but you went out and got Jimmy G, your former player with the New England Patriots. And oh, by the way, the GM that left with you, your former dude that was at the New England Patriots. All of this friendship, this nepotism, and all of that stuff that's supposed to work. Hell no, it doesn't. Maybe they'll stop doing that in the National Football League. Floor is yours, The Raiders are averaging 15 points per game. The only teams averaging fewer points are the New England Patriots and my New York Giants. All right, switching gears to one of the biggest games in Week 9. Two and the Dolphins take on Mahomes and the Chiefs Sunday morning in Germany. Dan Orlovsky is going to be there. Miami coming off a win over the Pats. And the Chiefs look to bounce back after a poor Week 8 performance where they put up a season-low nine points in a loss against the Broncos. All right, dog, tell me this. Who needs this game more? Is it the Finns or the Chiefs? Oh, definitely Miami. I mean, geez, the Chiefs have nothing to prove. They've won two Super Bowls. I understand that Mahomes has never won a road playoff game. You want to make a big deal about that because they're playing for home field? All right, I guess you can use that. And they're coming off a loss where he was not 100%. He was sick. But this is about Miami. 
got buried in Buffalo, buried in Philadelphia. They have never won a big game outside of beating the Broncos and the Jets and teams like that. In the last two years with Tua, this is not Alabama. He got pulled in the Tennessee game a couple years ago. They had to play Fitzpatrick against the Raiders and the Bills a few years ago trying to make the playoffs. This is about this franchise in a big spot finally getting a big win. Because I understand the Dolphins are fun to watch. I understand Tariq Hill's got over 1,000 yards receiving. I get all that. And obviously, you know, listen, if you know, McDaniels is an offensive genius, I understand that too. But in the big spot, Miami is, they got beat on Christmas by Green Bay, which was a bad loss last year. They have not shown me in a big scenario that they can win a game, whether it's defense, whether they can make a big stop, they can go down the field against a halfway decent team and go 80 yards, whether they can outscore the Chiefs. Miami, to me, as a sports fan, much more on their plate than Kansas City. Who's going to sit there and say Mahomes has to win a game? He's one, two, he's like one of the greats of all time. This is about Miami on Sunday morning. <laughs> Man, dog, you make a compelling argument, but I'm going to go Chiefs, and I get what you're saying about the history, but I'm going to focus in on this year. The Chiefs, to me, still have questions, which is very rare. I think if it's at any time the Chiefs needed home field advantage, it's this year. Mm -hmm. They are not good at the wide receiver position, bro. They have not figured that part out yet, and I know we throw it all on Pat Plate. Pat will figure it out. They'll get to where they need to be. This team has been they, – they've been struggling now when it comes to that particular situation. So I'm not just focused on needing a game against Miami. I think the Chiefs need home field advantage this year, probably more so than they've ever needed going into the playoffs. They are more unsure about who they are offensively when it comes to this wide receiver group than I think they've ever been since we've been seeing them have a tremendous amount of success. I get it that Miami would love to host playoff games and the advantage that they would have. I understand that. But I think Miami right now knows more about who they are as a football team internally than the Kansas City Chiefs right now with that, with that obvious big part of what they've been so successful with, and that's Pat Mahomes being able to push the ball downfield. I get it from a history standpoint. Kansas City doesn't have anything to prove. We've seen them win Super Bowls. We've seen them go to all of the AFC championships here in the recent years. But I'm not talking from that context, Mad Dog. I'm talking about this year in particular, the unknowns about Kansas City, I think, puts them in a situation where they need home field in the AFC more so than they've ever needed it. Nobody would be un... Like, it wouldn't be uncomfortable to say that the Baltimore Ravens could get in, in to go to they have to go to Baltimore and they could potentially lose that game because of what they're dealing with offensively. Cincinnati is starting to emerge. Miami, if they had to play Miami at Miami at that time of the year, what would happen? Buffalo in that situation. Kansas City to me needs home field advantage more this year than they've needed it. Swagoo, I couldn't disagree with you more. I think that you are completely lost with this take. And let me explain to you why. First of all, let's get something historical out of the way, Doggy. You'll appreciate this. You remember that 1972 team that Mercury Morris keeps nauseating us over with about how undefeated yes. they were in, 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 in 72 when they won the Super Bowl, they went undefeated. They went back-to-back -back Super Bowls that year. Um, uh, after that, they played in the Super Bowl in 1984 when Dan Marino threw for 5,000 yards. This is 1984. Dan Marino threw for 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns when he had Mark Super Duper and Mark Clayton to throw the damn football to, okay? They were big time, no doubt about that. You realize that the Miami Dolphins haven't been back to the Super Bowl since? 
So let's get that out of the way. They're about to go up against the reigning defending Super Bowl champions who we all anticipate will be in the playoffs. So the word need with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, I don't think is applicable here. Let's also add the level of pressure swagoo that we're talking about here. You got Tua Tungavaloa leading the league in passing yards and tied for the league in touchdown passes, okay? But what is their record against it in their six wins? Their six wins, none have come against uh, winning teams. All of them have come against losing teams with a combined record of 13 and 33. That's where all six of their victories have come from. But when they went up against competition in Buffalo, and when they went up against competition in Philadelphia, in Buffalo they got bum-rushed. In Philadelphia they got beat. So I'm looking at it from that perspective, and I'm looking at those two losses. All of a sudden, Tua diminishes to 250 yards passing per game with a total of two touchdowns, two interceptions, and he sacked seven times. And oh, by the way, they've been outscored 79-37. And defensively, they've allowed nine touchdowns and 12 trips to the red zone. All I'm saying to you is this. Let's look at those numbers. Let's take into consideration the level of competition. So when the big boys show up, you can't be found. When the little boys show up, you stomp them. And we're supposed to celebrate that. Well, the big boys are the ones you're going to play in the playoffs or in games like this. That's in Germany, which, by the way, that's a damn miss by the NFL because a game of this magnitude should have been on, uh, on, on, on home turf on the United, in the United States of America. Respect to Frankfurt, Germany, but damn it, I don't give a damn. I want you here in the United States for a game <laughs> like that. But that's beside the point. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is this. Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, and the crew – Got to show us they can show up when it counts against a team the quality of what you're going to have to face if indeed you're a legit Super Bowl contender. We can speculate all we want about the receivers that either can't get open for Kansas City or can't catch the damn ball when they are. We can definitely lament that, okay? We understand that. You should have probably got a wide receiver if they could have before, you know, before the deadline passed. But in the end, they're the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. There is Mahomes. There is Kelsey. There is Andy Reid. And when we look at it from that perspective, win, lose, or draw, we're not going to throw any shade on them because we know what they're lacking. In the case of the Miami Dolphins, we're looking at you and we're saying, who are you? You claim to be this until the big-time competition shows up. Then we can't find your asses. You got to show up. Well, and that's well, what this game is about. Yeah, but I'm not viewing it through that scope. I'm viewing it through the scope of right now. And right now, I'm if you look at – talking about right my, now. They play Kansas City this week. If you're looking at Miami this year and you're thinking about Kansas City, is there is there would there be any surprise if Miami beats the Kansas City Chiefs? Both of you. That's a question for both of you. Not a surprise. Would anybody be surprised? Right. No. So, uh, you, but Mad Dog, based on what we've seen from Kansas City this year, you wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins beat Kansas City. That would not shock anybody. And I'm not. I'm, and I'm not saying it from the context of Kansas City of old. That's that's the sticking point for you and Stephen A. I'm talking about Kansas City right now. They got some issues. We just saw the team lose to the Denver Broncos. Like, what are we talking about? The Denver Broncos. Three weeks ago, everybody wanted to fire the Denver Broncos head coach and said he didn't have it, and Russ was bad. Like, we, we, we have to bring this conversation right now to where we are right now. And when I start talking about the Chiefs, everybody has this visceral reaction because of the history that they have and what they've done. Great. I'm no big – look, 
Last year when we had to pick the Super Bowl champions, everybody talked about when we were in Arizona, we talked about, well, Philadelphia Eagles have a, a, a better team than Kansas City, but Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. We always give them benefit of the doubt. I'm not doing that right now. they just coming off of a loss where they scored nine points. And nine of those, the nine points that were scored should have been more. But they had drop passes again, like they did against the Detroit Lions in their first loss of the season. And I understand Miami hasn't beat the the big-time teams. But ultimately, we don't know right now if Kansas City is the Kansas City of old. That's why I'm saying against this team, Kansas City playing against the Miami Dolphins, if they go out and dominate, they will calm me down. They will calm a lot of people down. Right now, there are a lot of questions about Kansas City that we don't usually have. Uh, first off, Swag, do you give them a little mulligan? They had won 16 games over Denver. They were due to lose one, and he hadn't lost a game on the road to an AFC West team, Mahomes. Man, He's no, about to lose it, a ball game. Plus his, plus his kids were sick. All sorts of stomach issues. The guy was not 100%. And it was 28 degrees. That was a cold day in Denver. Give him a little break. My gosh. I mean, and Swagoo, I love you. I really do. You can't break down home field advantage in week eight of the National Football League. I can't worry about where they're going to play in January. We're Man, not no. in the past Halloween Man, yet. No. Has that I not can't mattered? do that. Has I can't that not do that. mattered in the playoffs for Kansas City? You don't think home field advantage has mattered? When it comes to Kansas yeah, City going to the last five AFC championships. Yes, it matters. I go, it's October. I can't me, break down that in January. It's January 15th. Well, well, it's well, three months I, from now. You and I don't see it the same because we're about to be in week eight of the season. This is about to be week eight of the NFL season, man, dog. You know when the jockeying for position at home field starts? About right now. <laughs> That's when it starts. About right now is when it starts. When you start setting yourself up for your path. All I'm saying, fellas, and listen, I good. The, the, the Dolphins have the most pressure. They need this game more. I'm telling y'all right now, this is not the same Kansas City that you and Stephen A are bringing up from years past. No, this is that's not, not true. the same. We're not team. saying that. Hold on, wait, that's not. No, 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 no. Don't misconstrue. Don't change the narrative. We're not saying they're the same. What we're saying is, is that in terms of who needs the game more, I'm saying to you, the greatness of Mahomes and Kelsey. Even though we can dissect that there's deficiency at the wide receiver spot. In the end, when you're the reigning defending Super Bowl champions, when you've been to five straight AFC championship games, when you've been to two Super Bowls, uh, three Super Bowls, and you've won two, forgive Doggy and me if we're like, it's week eight. We'll worry about all of that as time progresses. The Dolphins, on the other hand, you ain't been to a Super Bowl since 1984. Tua, by the way, has never played in a playoff, okay? Tyreek Hill is phenomenal, and we know what he brings to the table. But what about the rest of the pieces around him? And what y'all going to do when you're going up and you got six wins? All six wins are against teams with a combined record of 13 and 33 after week eight. How you going to bring them home field advantage in January, but you're going to ignore the 13 and 33 menial competition that the Dolphins have been going against in the first eight weeks? How you going to do that? First of all, Stephen A., we saw the Dolphins go on the road last year against Buffalo in the playoff game with a backup with Scott and have Thompson. a chance to win the game. Have a chance That's to win right. the game. Like, okay. Who, but they what didn't team, win. Let me ask you this question. Since you're a mad dog want to kill me, what team is synonymous with being in the AFC Championship over the last five years? The Kansas City Chiefs. Where have they played all the playoff games? Kansas City. 
in Kansas City. You don't think it's that matters? Halloween. When you they keep telling That's me what it's we're Halloween. To say. It's it's Halloween. Mad Dog, your hair looks like it's Halloween. So when do you so when do you guys okay. when do right, you Molly, two watch. gentlemen think that the conversation starts about home field advantage in the NFL? I think I think I think I think uh late November. Okay. This you know this is an AFC opponent that they about to play with the with yes. the with the Miami yes. Dolphins. You know yes. this game is going to matter. When they get I to also the point know of that the Cincinnati Bengals. I also know that the Cincinnati Bengals look like trash. And I sat up there and said, ain't nothing to worry about. Because when Joe Burrow get himself right, they'll be all right. And Steven they've been a. winning ever since. All right. Since. It the happens. winner of this game will be the first franchise because Stephen A. cares you can admit about you wrong, this. Swaggoo. You can just admit you're wrong. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not wrong. It's not a crime. To win it's not a crime. Four like different you see it. on this one. You got buried. Yes, he did. You got buried. When I speak, can people please not speak over me? Wide coffin. Is he even hear anything I'm saying? I don't know. I'm Molly, I'm sorry. You're, you're speaking over me the whole show. It's driving me insane. Sorry. Please stop. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code FIRSTTAKE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll get $150 in bonus bets. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. For New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. For Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050. For Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. For Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. For Puerto Rico, call one 800 981 0023. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Only four teams will have the chance to compete for that prize national championship trophy. So let's take a look at the top six in the initial CFP rankings. Five of those teams remain undefeated. Ohio State is slotted at the number one spot. They're the only undefeated team with multiple wins over CFP ranked teams. And on that note, we say hi to our guy, Paul Feinbaum. Paul, great, great to see one. you. Thanks for being with us. 
Thank you. Thank you, guys. Paul, we see the committee has Ohio State at number one. Do you agree that Ohio State should be the number one ranked team in the country? Georgia should be number one. It has nothing to do with what they've done in the past. It's really about what they are right now. And I still think they're the best team in the country. And they proved that Saturday. They weren't playing a great team in Florida, but they were playing without their best player and maybe the best player in the country in Brock Bowers. And they were dominating. And I think that's what people fail to realize about this team. Early on, they took their time. They, they had some close calls. But in recent weeks, they have been dominating. They have been explosive. Uh, Carson Beck has really emerged as a, as a nice replacement to Stetson Bennett. And I'm not going to scream and holler. I'm not going to jump uh, up, up, up and down because it will, it will take care of itself. But Ohio State has beaten Notre Dame. They've beaten Penn State. Okay, big deal. I think Georgia is the best team in the country right now. I respectfully disagree. I try to defer to the great Paul Feinbaum. I truly, truly do. Uh, but, but, but the bottom line is, is that I'm looking at Ohio State, and yes, you beat Penn State, you beat Notre Dame, okay, who are 11 and 15 respectively. All right, I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah. Those are two victories over top two teams. I mean, that's just how I look at. It. I'm looking at the number two ranked defense in the nation. I'm looking at the fact that it's the only team, the only team among the five unbeaten teams at the top of the rankings with two wins over the top over top 15 teams. I have to take that into consideration. And here's what I would challenge y'all on. Y'all act like it's a big deal to be, oh, my Lord, if Georgia's not number one because their strength of schedule isn't that impressive. As long as you're one of the top four teams and you're going to be in the college football playoffs, what's the big deal? If not, now, it matters to me if you're saying to me that they're the reigning defending two-time champions, right? And if you're not the number one ranking, it could cost you an opportunity to be in the national championship I feel you on that but that's not the case we have a situation now where we have a playoff system and so to me your strength of schedule matters the quality of the opponents that you beat should matter and if that and when I look at Ohio State compared to the other teams I say to myself yo they deserve to be number one. Now you're going to have to beat Georgia to win the chip, ain't you? You're going to have to beat Georgia to win the national championship. They are the reigning two-time defending national champions. You're still going to have to go through them, but that don't mean they got to be number one just because they're the reigning defending champions. If you're playing against softies, you understand? People that are sitting up there and going to Mr. Softie looking for ice cream all the damn time. That's how soft their opponents are. And that other team ain't doing that. Then I got to give credit where credit is due. I'm going with Ohio State at number one, the Ohio State, as the number one team in the country. Paul's 100% right. You're lost as usual. I mean, the bottom line is here, Stevie, if you're going to have the question, if Sammy and James Dunn are going to put the question on the board, let's answer it. And there's no question about it. Georgia, it's not their fault that the it. SEC told them they couldn't play Oklahoma. The schedule's not their fault. Right. They had Oklahoma they were going to play, and they couldn't play them because they're going right. to join the conference. It's not their fault that the SEC East I didn't say it was their and fault. Stevie, Stevie, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. How about them in Notre Dame? Freeman didn't even have 10 guys on the field for crying out loud in the last drive on the touchdown. <laughs> and if anybody's going to sit there, if anybody's going to sit there and say anything about Penn State, Franklin, as we've discussed last week, Paul agrees, he might be one of the most overrated college football coaches in the history of the sport. He never beats a good team. He should have lost to Indiana this week for crying out loud. I agree with and that part. I agree with the Indiana too. part. Yeah. So beating... 
Uh, so, so you're making a big deal. Ohio State beat Notre Dame, was lost again. Who, let's face it, Notre Dame not great, and in, and Penn State's overrated. Georgia deserves if it, if the question's the question. If that's what you guys want to ask, I didn't pick the questions. Dunn does. But the question is, who deserves to be number one? It's Georgia. Okay. Well, first of all, first of all, first of all, the question was answered. You just didn't agree with the answer. So let's get that out the way. It ain't like the question was avoided. I answered the damn question. And I said Ohio State deserves to be the number one team in the nation at this moment because amongst the top four teams, they're the only ones that beat top 15 opponents. Nobody else did. That's why I feel that way. Now, I'm not, that's not to say, and you know this, Paul, that's not to say that Georgia is not better than Ohio State. It's not to say that they wouldn't beat Ohio yeah. State if they played them. I'm saying at this moment in time, based on what we normally judge, it's not just the talent, it's not just what you do, but it's about who you do it against. You can do that for now. And guess what? Aren't there other rankings coming out as the season progresses, Paul? Okay. Is that not true? Well, guess what? The list is fluid. All right, it's fluid. fluid. Let's end on that note because I want to transition here and get your thoughts on this, Paul. Central Michigan investigating photos that show a man resembling Michigan staff member Connor Stallions on the sideline for the September 1st opener at Michigan State. Paul, talk to me. This has become a, a, an absolutely disgraceful scandal that nobody wants to talk about, Molly. And I realize that universities like to hide behind, well, we can't comment, it's NCAA policy. That, that's a bunch of garbage. We all know that. It, it's time for Jim Harbaugh to stand up and, and speak out. Uh, or somebody. He's got, he's got, he's got uh, talking heads that can go out there in, in, instead of him. And it's just... It's look, it looks worse every day. A couple weeks ago, it seemed like well, maybe, maybe the NCAA is coming after Harbaugh. Maybe they didn't like the way he, he dealt with them in the other investigation that, by the way, is still going on. And now you have this. And every week, every day, I should say, there's another, there's another uh, innuendo. There's something else thrown against the wall. And, what, and the real story of the CFP isn't the conversation we just had. It's whether Michigan should even be allowed to participate. Uh, the committee chairman last night, guys, said, well, you know, our job is to pick the best team, not to the other job. The NCAA is involved in the other thing. Well, the NCAA will, will take the rest of our lifetimes to investigate this. So someone needs to step up. It's not going to be the University of Michigan. They, they, they're not saying anything, although... It, it was widely reported the other day by the Wall Street Journal that they have put a pause on, on, on renewing Harbaugh's contract. Is that not telling? Of course it is. On, on the other hand, the Big Ten could step in, but they're not going to. They haven't said a peep, guys, because they, they don't want to take Michigan off the board because by the end of the season, Michigan could be the number one team in the country, and the Big Ten has only had one national champion in, in, in modern time, and they don't, want to, they don't want to scrape that away. So they're, they're all going to lock hands and support Jim Harbaugh, who looks like he's shepherding a sleazy, disgusting, cheating program. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. Right, Not wrong in my eyes. I, I, complete, I completely agree with you. I mean, uh, and I love Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, but uh, this is embarrassing. And I can't take on. And you're right. Harbaugh, who likes to be quirky and likes to think I'm Michigan, you're not, you know, above the, uh, you know, the peons like you and me, doesn't want to answer any questions. This is a disaster.
I mean, you know, look, you got a guy wearing a Central Michigan hat during a football game, and he's a Michigan staffer against Michigan State. I mean, that is a disgrace. And here's the thing. If, here's the thing that bothers when I hear this. I heard this about Belichick with Spygate. Well, it's overrated. doesn't mean anything. Well, if it's so overrated, why are you doing it? If this is mm, a waste of time and it doesn't mean much and you get nothing out of it, well, why are you doing it? Why are you going to these lengths to get these edges in these games? This is a terrible thing for Michigan. And here's one other thing. Michigan likes to think they're on that Notre Dame level. The great big Michigan. Football for 150 years. The big house. We do it the right way. We, we cherish academics. We try to win properly. Well, hold on now. Hold on now. You got every one of these wins, and I understand that the games are awful. They could have won anyway. But all these wins now have a little asterisk next to it. And Harbaugh, your head coach, who's already been suspended three games for the cheeseburger mess in the pandemic a few years ago. How about somebody make Harbaugh answer a few questions for crying out loud? And don't tell me that this is not the court of law. He's not going to jail. How about a few questions from the media? Hey, Jim, what is this about? You, he works for you. Why is he at these games? How about Harbor answer something? Paul's a thousand percent correct. I'm so down on Michigan, it's hard to believe. Go ahead, Stevie, take it away. Fire away. I, can, I completely agree with both of you. I mean, I got to tell you something right now. Um, Harbaugh needs to be made to answer questions. I know he laughed about it yesterday because Pat McAfee did such a phenomenal imitation of Harbaugh at a press conference. It was hysterical. You got to go see it. But the bottom line is, is that this is a serious matter because it clearly involves cheating. There is no way to slice it. And if you're the Big Ten, here's what you need to contemplate as your nightmare. Suppose Michigan runs the table. Suppose Michigan gets into the college football playoff. What do you think people are going to be talking about? You think the national media is going to let this go? You think that you're going to show up? You got coaches stealing signs and, you know, infiltrating other teams on the sideline and stuff like that. And you think that you're going to get to the college football playoffs? All right, probably at the expense of an Alabama or Washington or somebody like that. We understand it. And you think you're going to get on center stage for a national college football playoff, a national championship on the line, and the national media is going to ignore how you possibly got there? Michigan is one of the top defenses in the nation. I think they are the top defense in the nation, total defense and what have you. We all know how formidable they are. Well, guess what? What role did you steal in signals and signs play in your formidability as, as, a def- as, as a defensive stalwart? Those kind of questions come into play. And so to me, I, I think it's a huge mm-hmm. miss and a huge mistake on a part of the Big Ten to let this slide. You need to bring the momentum, the yep. heavy hand of the conference down upon that program to answer questions and to address this. And dare I say, if they don't give you answers to your liking, you make moves to make sure they don't represent the conference in a college Paul, football play. Last word here, Paul. Yeah, I think that's, that's accountability is important here, Stephen A. Let's quit hiding behind everybody else. And and I, I think Doggy said it. Tony Petit is a well-respected man. He's the new commissioner there. He's been there long enough. He has to he has to call these guys in and say we have to have answers because the credibility of the college football playoff is going to be in, going to be tattered otherwise. Because Stephen, you made the best point I've heard in this three-week controversy. Someone's going to get left out at the expense of Michigan, and that is completely outrageous and unfair to 
to folks who do it honestly. Now, before we get, before we end, stealing signs is part of the game. That's within the game. But sending people out like, like this guy is completely uh, abhorrent. And, and it, it, it can't be tolerated because it gives an unfair advantage. That's verboten in the entire sport. And, and somebody has to step in. And, and the only person that really can step in is either the university, which won't, or Tony Petiti, who's the commissioner of the Big, Tech, Big Ten Conference. Because letting Michigan in the Big Ten Conference championship game in a few weeks without, without a thorough investigation is, is absolutely criminal. Criminal. Yeah. It's egregious. All right. Michigan hosts Purdue on Saturday. Paul, thank you so much. Appreciate your perspective as always. We'll talk to you, you soon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Good day. Welcome back to First Take. Uh, sticking in Arizona, how about some baseball as the Rangers played at five runs each in the second and third innings to help win game three and take a commanding 3-1 lead over the D-backs. Now, last week, Mad Dog found himself in a bit of a bind as he promised retirement on radio if Arizona was able to make the World Series. After doubling back on his promise, Stephen A. took to social media, proposed an idea to Diamondbacks manager Tori Lovello, saying this, I wholeheartedly agree with you, sir. Not only should Mad Dog apologize to you, you should make him wear a D-backs jersey for the entire offseason. Hmm. Mad Dog. Uh, is the world off season? Off season? Off season? They're not a little long. Off season? Jeez, off season. Mad Dog, how about wearing it today? Is this World Series over? Yeah, you know what? I I went this way before and I got burned. I'm going to go this way again. This series is over. I hate to say it, and they get mad at me. I'm going to go to that ballpark in a few minutes. What the heck? Let them get mad at me again. They are not coming down from 3-1. First off, there's only six teams since 1903 who trailed 3-1 in a World Series that won it. 49 teams trailed 3-1 and only 42, I think it's 49 out of, I think 43 out of 49 with the 3-1 lead won. So the Diamondbacks, like they did in Philadelphia, that burned me and give them all the credit in the world, they are going to go up against the odds here again. But Texas has won Believe it or not, 
Texas has won 10 straight road playoff games. I think they got something to prove with Garcia out. I think they'd like to win it for him almost. He gave him a great little speech before the game yesterday. He hurt his oblique a couple of days ago. They got Nathan Ovaldi tonight. I think it's a very tough ask for Arizona. I'll wear the jersey. I'll be nice. I'll wear the jersey. And they yell at me like those fans. All And by the way, Tori Lovello loves Stephen A. Which I can't understand. Loves him. Tell Stephen A to get on you. Oh, he's so into Stephen A. But the bottom line is they will lose this series. I think they're going to lose tonight. And Texas is going to win their first championship. How about that? Well, listen, uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona won tonight, uh, you know, pushed the series, and then, you know, obviously the Rangers went back home and closed the deal, no doubt about that. It would, it would, not, it would not displease me to see the folks in Dallas celebrating baseball instead of football. <laughs> that would be very funny to me. But I will say this to you. I mean, it's not a surprise that the manager has love for me. I mean, I didn't go on national TV and swear that they would lose so emphatically that I would retire. I, you're a Hall of Famer. You bring so much to the audience, and you've done so for 40 years, approaching 40 years, but you, su- you lacked such a belief in the Arizona Diamondbacks that you literally threatened to end your career. If they won, because that's how right. sure you were that they were going to lose. It's the most shameful prediction of your career. It was an exercise in hyperbole that went awry. Okay, we all know this, and you deserve your punishment. I'm proud that they were chanting Mad Dog, Mad Dog in the locker room while they were sitting there spreading champagne all over the place. I hope they trolled you all day yesterday. I'm not saying anybody would be disrespectful to you, but they should have trolled you. And the next thing that I would like to suggest on national television is that before tonight's game, you actually have to go into the clubhouse and apologize to the players personally. That's what I'd make you do. Oh, no, come on. With the jersey on. Oh, With the jersey on. on. You are hot With the jersey on. You never, With the jersey on. You never had – hold on, our big guy. You never had a prediction that, that – that, 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 I never threatened to retire. I never threatened to retire. I never threatened to retire. Who's going to believe wrong. that? You did that. You did it. It was a throwaway line on radio. No, 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 no. It was not a throwaway line. It was not a throwaway line at all. You were very composed. You lowered your voice, everything. You were very composed. You lowered your voice. You were in complete control, and you said you were retired. You lied. They should come out on the field tonight, and before the game, you should be on the field apologizing to each and every single one of those players. Mad Dog words have power. I've been on the field for three days here. Words have power, Mad Dog. Did you apologize? Speak life through your words. Wait, is it? Speak life Believe through your words. Say it again, Molly. Say it again. Speak Say it again. Speak Say life. It again. Power in the tongue, Mad Dog. You know this. Let's go to break. That's right. Coming up next. Power in the tongue. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my part with the Diamondback jersey. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.